What's that? Who pays your salary? What's that? Who pays? What's that? We're not a democracy. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show live on a very cold and frosty January evening here in Missouri. You're joining me live on Twitch as twitch.tv slash Tyler Morgan Show. Or you're checking this out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show. I don't know why I have to have the at. Or the, the but so the rules are for YouTube, so I do have them. You can also check me out on Rumble. I don't have a dedicated rumble.com slash blah 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 blah. It's a whole bunch of gobbledygook. So just go to Rumble and search for Tyler Morgan Show or Relentless Daring, and you will find my glorious face there. Or maybe you're listening to this on the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. I'm like, I just said YouTube. It's been a long day, folks. Don't judge me. Or if you're listening to this on podcast, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast. Ha! It's been a very long day. I've only had one sip of this. Don't think don't think I'm totally lit. Uh Google Podcast, iHeart, Spotify, Pandora. Yeah, Amazon Music, Audible. If you can listen to a podcast, you can probably find me. Subscribe. Uh, uh, the YouTubes and the Rumbles, please subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Do all those things. Now, <sighs> getting into the wild and weird news of the week. I mean, there's all kinds of election stuff, but we, we have like a whole year. We have a whole primary season of stuff to go through. Um, here in a couple of days will be the Iowa caucuses and I'm not one to stay up on a Monday night when I have to get, go to get and go to work the next morning to, you know, have a live stream where I'm going over all the events, telling you how every precinct is reporting, but yeah, if you follow me on Twitter, uh, or X, if you're one of those newfangled people, likes to go by the new name, X. Uh, follow me there, at Fake Tyler Morgan, and I might be you know, trying to live tweet some results and you know, what's going on there, but you know, that's a big maybe. I, I'm not going to make any guarantees on that. But, so with all the uh, election stuff going on, I want to branch out and you know, do, do some different stories. I've got some uh, some gun law stuff coming up. Um, but before I get into where I want to start, immigration has been huge in the news lately. I mean, it always is. I mean, we've had, what, 10 million illegal immigrants come to the country just during the Biden administration alone. And, well... There are people who are not just, well, we, we need immigrants. or yeah, we, we need. They're making an active case for replacement theory. Now, 
Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with replacement theory, replacement theory is basically um, just bring in a whole bunch of people of different nationalities and eventually slowly and demographically replace someone else. You know, whoever the majority is. <clears throat> Pardon me. As it, that That's really boiled down. It, it's not you know, the white paper on replacement theory. And for a long time, the left loved to push, ah, re- uh, replacement theory, that's a right-wing, racist, uh, xenophobic uh, conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. No one's trying to replace white people and conservative voters in America. Okay, well... <clears throat> I'm, like I said, I'm not saying, I, you know, if you're against replacement theory and you talk about replacement theory, I, it's, you're a right-wing conspiracy nut. Okay, cool. But what happens when it's being said right out loud? Um, This week, uh, Jerry Nadler, and this is an article from Fox, uh, Talking about how we need many illegal immigrants in the country to, quote, pick vegetables. Now, okay, it, this boils down to the whole, ah, we need them to do jobs that normal Americans just won't do. Okay, yeah, there are Americans who won't go pick vegetables. I got it. There are Americans who will absolutely not go out of their way to scrub toilets for a living. Uh, that's why we need to get all these, uh, we need all these people coming in so we can, we, we can pay them a really low wages to do the jobs that just Americans just won't do. Uh-huh. So what you're saying is you want an underclass of non-English speaking people who will work for cash at way lower wages than you would have to pay, say, a black woman living in low-income area of the city desperately trying to feed her kids. a Hispanic man who's just trying to get by, who's, you know, he's an American citizen, you'd have to pay him way more if he was willing to go out on a farm and pick vegetables. Not to mention insurance and workman's comp coverage and all this stuff that, you know, if you're just paying cash... Yeah, you can kind of skate by on those taxes. But uh, Jerry Nadler, I'm going to let Jerry Nadler speak for himself here. Hopefully this doesn't. We need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that the farm, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if it weren't, if they weren't being picked by many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. The fact is that the birth rate in this country is way below replacement level, which means our population is going to start shrinking. 
and the ratio of people on Social Security and Medicare is going to increase relative to the number of people supporting them. Yeah, uh, there it is straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, we, we, our, our population just can't sustain itself. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Jerry, 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 wait. I thought we have a population problem in the world. So why do we need, why, why are we concerned that we're not having babies fast enough to replace those who are dying? Why do we not have, why are we concerned about not having enough people coming up in the workforce To pay for the number of people retiring. Now, are, are you admitting that Social Security is, in fact, a Ponzi scheme? Because now suddenly we're going to have more people withdrawing from it than paying in, so it's going to become insolvent. Um, that sounds like a Ponzi scheme. If in order to continue to pay out uh, anything on a Ponzi scheme, you know, you pay dividends, you, you need more money coming in. And, you know, when you have one person withdrawing from a Ponzi scheme and you've got five or six people paying into it, yeah, that one person's going to do pretty good. Then when you have three, it's like, oh, shoot, now we... We have half the money going out that's coming in. Um, I think we still do this. But, yeah, and then just disregarding, like, that all they're good for, that these illegal aliens are good for, that any immigrants in America are good for, is simply... Picking vegetables? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, it... The whole idea that we have to have these people in and of itself is just nonsense. That, it's like, okay, if we don't have Americans who can work in these fields, who's going to pick the vegetables? Hey, you know what Americans are really good at? It's called automation. You don't need a hundred people in the fields anymore to pick tomatoes. They make these amazing pieces of machinery that you know, you can have one man drive and a couple people ride on. You know, ride on. Make sure it's you know functioning properly. Maybe just kind of watching and pulling out any bad tomatoes they see as they come across or what have you. And you use the machines to replace the non-existent workers. And guess what? The farmers, whether they're a small farmer or whether they're a giant corporate farm, yeah, they will have a significant investment in the equipment. But at the same time, 
it's a they get a huge return on investment because they're not paying for actual labor. So this whole idea, Jerry, if, if I can call you that, Jerry, that we have to have these people work in the fields or the vegetables will rot. It's ludicrous. Just nuts. And, you know, if there's such an issue with our social safety nets that the amount of people who are entering the workforce will not be able to sustain the people leaving the workforce. Maybe we could, I, I, I don't know, retool our social safety nets the way that farmers have been retooling for years. Remember, it, it was going to be totally devastating to the southern economy when slavery was ended. Because who's going to pick the cotton? Who's going to go through the through the cotton and pick out the pick out the cotton seeds? Well, there's this fella named Eli Whitney. He invented this thing called the cotton gin. I know the cotton gin was invented well before the end of slavery. I got it. But the cotton gin was a miracle for sorting out the seeds from the cotton. And guess what? They figured out a way to, you know, improve cotton harvesting till eventually, once we started having tractors, I, you had tractors that could, you know, harvest the cotton. Now they have these great big giant combines that have been, you know, they get a different head put on them from one that cuts corn. And it goes through it and it strips the cotton, de-seeds it, and separates the cotton fluff from the cotton seeds. Then the cotton seeds go to manufacturing cotton seed oil, goes into animal feed. You have the fluff that ends up getting baled and going off to textiles. It's amazing. You don't have, you know, hundreds of people on these cotton farms who are picking cotton and sorting through the cotton. Because that's what Americans do. We innovate. We, we make things better than what they were. And Jerry, 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 Jerry. And the whole idea that we need to be replacing Americans with not not people who want to come here the right way, people who want to wait in line, they want to go from being from whatever country they're from into being an American. You just want people you just want people who just want to flood over the border, take the money that they make here and then send back to whatever country they came from via remittances. 
You want to export our wealth in the name of, oh, wow, we got to be nice to these people. No, we don't. I mean, we should treat them humanely, but we don't have to just stand there and open with the door wide open. I mean, hell, uh, Greg Abbott had the National Guard take over a DPS, oh, DPS, uh, uh, Customs and Border Patrol checkpoint in Eagle Pass because the people running it were telling the border agents, yeah, you're going to go cut the you're going to go cut the Constantine wire. You're going to let these people in, blah 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 blah. You're... And so Greg Abbott said, uh, no. Nah. He he delivered the old he delivered the FAFO and he took it over. And you know who's not pissed about it? The border agents and the border agent union. Yeah, the union of all people are like, yeah, this is awesome. It's like, they're, they're not mad at all. They're like, it's like, if anything, he's stepping up border security. This is a force multiplier. Now our people don't have to stand around and be dedicated to processing people claiming asylum, which there's a right way to do that too. And they're able to go into harder to get a check or harder to get areas because they're not all being dedicated to running this one facility. So yeah, Jerry, we don't need the farmers or we don't need the, we don't need the farm labor for, you know, working as indentured servants, people who are victimized by coyotes who look at our open border situation and go, you know what? I'm willing to subject myself to being victimized by a coyote, to having my children raped, having my children sold off as sex slaves to pay these guys back. If we just, you know, allow farmers and allow Americans to do what they do best. Innovate. And perhaps maybe, just maybe, a little innovation with how we run and manage our social safety net systems, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. Maybe if we retool those to be more effective and not have such a high high overhead cost. Now, I, I don't know off the top of my head how much overhead is paid or is spent in just running Social Security versus how much is actually being paid out to recipients, whether they're, you know, have disability, survivor benefits, uh, just you're retired and drawing Social Security. I don't know. I don't know what that difference is, but I'm willing to bet you could shave off a lot of the front end so that you could better afford to pay recipients on the back end. All right. So first weird kind of what's going on here story that is going on. Um, So in Kansas City, Missouri, 
uh, earlier this week, well, on Sunday, there's a, a group of guys hanging out at their friend's house watching the Chiefs game. And, well, they didn't go home. They, they didn't go to work the next day. And it's okay. It's a little odd. They wouldn't go home. Maybe they just partied a little too hardy and, you know, just not able to, not able to get home, really hung over, you know, sleeping it off. Okay, that's fine. Then Tuesday rolled around and suddenly now it's like, uh, okay, we haven't heard from these guys going on two days. We're calling the friend. We've been trying to call the friend, and he's not not answering his phone. We're sending texts. We can see that he read the text, but he's not responding. So a friend goes over, and the guy's cars are still in the driveway. Huh, okay, that's odd. Beats on the door, calls the guy's name. Calls homeowner's name. No one answers. So he calls his buddy's fiance. Says, "Hey, I'm over here. I'm beating on the door. I'm calling for calling for your fiance. I'm calling for him. No one's coming to the door. I don't know what to do." Okay, so she goes over, and somehow gets into the backyard, and she finds a dead person under the snow on the back porch. And two more bodies out in the yard, again, under the snow. So you see, like, see some fabric sticking up and calls police. Police come over, and they pound on the door. Hey, police, open up. He comes to the door in his boxers and a glass of wine, like, hey, fellas, uh, what's going on? Like, do you know you have three dead people in your yard? Oh, they must have froze to death. And it, it, it's weird because it, it, this isn't like um, a really bad part of Kansas City. This is uh, the Northlands. The Northlands are kind of upper middle class. And this guy's, despite having been described by people who know him as kind of weird there's not he's not really sketchy i mean the dude is a was a scientist he i mean he's been published um now it's not naming him in this uh, fox story i've heard the name a hundred times because this has been something that's been all over the ticky talks that my wife's been showing me the videos and the updates that's just really weird. You know, now some people are speculating that, well, maybe while they were uh, partying it up, you know, he gave them something that was like fentanyl and they basically kind of watered out in the yard and then just kind of collapsed and, you know, either OD'd or froze to death. But it's just really odd circumstances because, I mean, where was he for two days, Monday and Tuesday, while people, you know, people knowing that he's reading the text because if you have an iPhone, you can turn on your uh, 
You're sent in red receipts, kind of like using a uh, Outlook. And, you know, so they're seeing that, yeah, he, he's reading the text because, you know, here's what I said. Hey, hey, where's Clayton? Where's David? Where's Ricky? And it pops up, red. And then just be like so nonchalant when the cops show up. Is this guy like on a bender and is like completely just out of touch? I, I don't know. So that's one of those stories that, well, it doesn't really affect like the national conversation. It really doesn't affect the Missouri conversation for all that matters. But it is just so odd. How how do you sit there, people saying, hey, where's my fiancé, where's my friend, where's my brother? We know he was over there. You're the last one to see him. He hasn't been home in a day and a half. Where are they at? And just ignore it. You just ignore the fact that there's your buddy's cars, all three of them out there in the driveway. Well, it just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And uh, this would be kind of an interesting case to see where it uh, where it comes out in the end. So, I mean, have to wait and see on that one. And I mean. It's definitely better than the uh, the cannibal case that happened down here. Yeah. Cannibalism, about 45 minutes from where I live, out in an area that, you know, I I didn't grow up in, but it's adjacent to where I grew up, and it's just kind of like, whoa, that's so weird. But, yeah, absolutely nuts. All right, so, again, this is January. January is the month of New Year, New You. And if you're trying to look for a way to to really help bring that new you into focus... Maybe try to improve your health a little bit, cut back on caffeine, which I don't know why you would, but um, just trying to find ways to better yourself. Maybe maybe you think, that, well, maybe this is the year where I really try to get more focused and just laser-sighted in on what I'm doing for work. You have projects you're wanting to do, you, and you just, it's like, you're just right there, and you just kind of need to just dial it in just a little bit. Well, I have a product that I use daily and absolutely love for, for this, and that is Magic Mind. Magic Mind is, is kind of like an energy shot and the fact that, you know, it, you do get a small dose of caffeine. You get like 55 milligrams of caffeine. It's not a lot. But it is enough to kind of help narrow your focus in. And because it is uh, derived from matcha green tea, it is a slow burn. 
It's not like uh, hitting, getting in, you know, one of those energy drinks that supposedly last five hours or one of those giant cans with the claw marks where you just, bam, it hits you, and then you're all jittery and shaky, and your mind's going about 100 miles an hour, and you can't, you just can't get dialed in. I Magic Mind is great. I It's such great natural ingredients like uh, dragon fruit juice, the uh, the green tea. So it's really low on sugar, and it's got kind of like a nice citrusy bite when you have it first thing in the morning. It's amazing. But um, I said, this stuff is great. Just one shot of it a day. And so it's super easy to add to your morning routine. I mean, even if you you still like that morning cup of coffee, you have your morning cup of coffee, and then on your way out the door, you hit one of these energy shots, and it'll kind of help take the edge off of that cup of coffee and, again, help get you focused in. And, you know, I... A lot, some people replace their coffee with this. Me, I still drink my coffee, but I like to have one of these as I'm on my way out the door because sometimes I don't drink coffee till I get to work. And so, you know, you know that, that magic mind is just enough to kind of get me there and, you know, kind of help me not, you know, want to take a nap on the drive-in. And it, the ingredients, like I said, that really go into it, like I said, uh, the matcha tea, uh, it's got Bacopa Manieri. I, I'm reading off the uh, stuff. Uh, it's a nootropic that improves your attention span and your ability to process, learn new information, and your memory. So if you're like me, you should probably drink, I should probably be drinking like three or four of these because my memory is like a bear trap. Old, rusted shut, and doesn't like to snap shut on things. It's kind of eh. Uh, ashwagandha is an adaptogen that helps reduce stress and anxiety. Rhodiola rosea, a nootropic and an adaptogen that reduces fatigue. Anxiety increases your body's resistance to stress, which everyone can use less stress, new year or not. And uh, lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, I, these things, they help with inflammation, uh, Strengthen your immune system, support higher energy levels, and uh, physical endurance by ramping up the production of ATP in your mitochondria. Uh, yes, mitochondria, the power, the powerhouses of the cell. But uh, this is, I love it. And you know me, I don't pitch anything that I don't actively use and I, that I don't trust. They reached out to me way back when last year and said, hey, we love your show. We would love you to pitch our stuff. Okay, cool, but, you know, I, I don't know anything about you. I, I've never had it. So, like, hold up. We got you, fam. And they sent me a, a, sam- a sampler of it. I used it for, like, five days. Noticed a huge difference. And it's like, you know what? Works for me. I'm going to tell, tell other people about it. It's Great. But anyways, 
if if you're not ready to go out and order it and sign up for a subscription, if you have a Sprouts Market nearby, guess what? It's sold at Sprouts Market. You can go in there. You can, I recommend three. Use it for three days. See how it makes you feel and then decide. And if you decide for the month of January, Magic Mind is offering a free month when you get a three-month subscription. I mean, dude, that's like 80 bucks knocked off. Well, that's if you buy a month's worth, not... So, you know, I mean, that's a huge saving. And then if you use the promo code, you end up saving like 76% on a three-month subscription between that 20% off and knocking off and getting that free that free month. So go to magicmind.com slash Jan, Tyler Morgan. If you're watching this on the video feeds, whether it be YouTube or Rumble, there at the uh, bottom left end of the screen, you'll see that magicmind.com slash Jan, Tyler Morgan, J-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-M-O-R-G-A-N. And uh, go there, click that, and then use the promo code TylerMorgan20 to save that additional 20% off. And you know what? Even if you don't decide, okay, I don't want a three-month subscription, I just do want to order from them, that TylerMorgan20 will still save you 20% off your order. So magicmind.com slash Jan Tyler Morgan and check it out and save. And uh, if you're listening to this on the audio, the link to this will be in the show notes as always. Magic Mind just, I love these guys. They are awesome. All right, so getting back into the uh, world of crazy. This is a story that, broke the other day and and this is this uh article that I'm using is from one of my Twitter homies uh Laura W she is a writer with Twitchy you can find her on Twitter or X if you're one of those weirdos you got called X uh at bumpstock barbie and uh this is a story that is heartbreaking in how certain jails deal with the death of inmates or the indigent that they find in the streets, people who are victims of crimes, who who lose their lives. And it, like I said, it's just, and then how it victimize how, how it can victimize families afterwards. All right. So again, this is from Bumpstock Barbie, also known as Laura W., uh, as one of the Twitchy staff writers. Or search for her by her Twitter handle, Helena Handbasket. Helena as in the you know, capital of Montana, Handbasket. So this writer is rarely flustered by any story that comes out of the true crime arena. But this one is odd. 215 unclaimed bodies. Yes, 215. 
2018, you read that correctly, were recently discovered in a field of shallow, unmarked graves behind the Hines County Jail in Jackson, Mississippi. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump has called for an inquiry into this on behalf of the family members and loved ones of the deceased, which I am not a Ben Crump fan, but I am going to back his play on this one because this has some questions that definitely need answered. Now, there are actually 672 total graves, but 215 burials between the years 2016 and 2023 where no notification was given to the families. The county coroner's office, in a request by NBC News for public records, stated that uh, records before 2016 could not be located. It seems the field had originally been used as basically a pauper cemetery for families that couldn't afford burial services. As for some of the bodies... Three had been identified, and it turns out their families were searching for them the whole time. Prisoners incarcerated in the Hines County Jail were the ones made to bury the bodies, and there's a fee to reclaim the body of your loved ones. Talk about adding insult to injury. That is verbatim from the story. Uh, The full text of a post reads as such. Yes, 215 bodies found buried behind a prison, and many of them were written off as John Doe, including Dexter Wade, who was run over by police and buried in this grave. His mother had been searching for him since March. When exhumed, his wallet with ID and insurance card was in his pocket. So basically, the police did a whoopsies, and then didn't try to notify anybody. He was not a John Doe. Mr. Wade is just one of 215. This is yet another example of why you do not give the state more power. The 215 were the ones that remained unclaimed and families were not notified. NBC News has had obtained the records and released the names quietly, which you can find here. They haven't linked to that. A man named Dexter Wade, 37, who was buried in in grave 672, had been struck and killed by an off-duty police officer, but the Jackson Police Department claimed they were unable to identify him until a few days later when the medical examiner found medication in his pocket. Yet he had a wallet with an ID and an insurance card on his body when exhumed. Okay, Jackson Police, it sounds like you're just covering up one of your off-duty officers being a dip... Moron. Trying to keep PG-13. Trying. I might fail. This story really just gets under my skin. Right, uh, Dexter's mother had reported him missing on March 14, 2023, a week after the accident occurred. She was not informed of his death until August 24th. So March, April, May, June, July. Almost five and a half months after he died. They said, oh, whoopsie. She was then charged $250 to reclaim the rights to his remains. Jackson PD claimed there was no ill intent found in their delay to notify his family. 
there may have been no ill intent, but there was intent. And the fact, I, I said this last week, once is a whoopsie. Twice, you don't learn much from mistakes, do you? Three times, it's a pattern. There may have not been ill intent in not informing the families, but there was definitely intent to go, ah, crap, we just killed this guy. Oh, no. Um, Oh, we couldn't identify him, doll. And then, you know, the coroner says, hey, uh, I found a bottle of medication that's got this dude's name on it. Oh, we'll get right on that and into the uh, memory hole it goes. And that burns up. It's like everything else that goes in the memory hole. Uh, Jonathan David Hankins, 39, was last seen by his mother when he informed her that he was going to meet some friends for the weekend. When he wasn't home on Sunday for dinner, his mother filed a missing persons report. She was never informed that her son had been found dead on May 23rd, 2022, which is only three days after he left home. Every few weeks for over a year, his mother touched base with the police department. Despite having identified him rather quickly, both the coroner's office and Jackson PD failed to tell her. They knew who he was, they knew who he was dead, and they didn't say a dadgum thing. Again, once is a whoops. Twice, is uh, you made a mistake once, and you're not learning from it very well. A third man. Ah. Three times. Three times. It's a pattern. A third man, 40-year-old Mario Moore, was beaten to death on February 2nd, 2023, but his family had no idea until they came across the NBC News article listing the unclaimed bodies. Ten months. According to police reports, he had been bludgeoned to death, wrapped in a tarp, and left on the street. NBC reports that his body remained unclaimed in the morgue for months until he was finally buried in the Popper Cemetery. Evidence compiled by NBC shows that Jackson PD made attempts to contact his family, but the family feels they didn't do enough to get in touch with them. They are adamant they would have claimed his body if they had been notified. He was killed in February, buried in July, and his family had no idea until October. His mother paid the $250 fee to reclaim him, plus, plus, the city buried him because they failed to notify the family Hey, your loved one is deceased, and his body is in the morgue. 
So they charged the family $500 for the exhumation. I'm sorry. That's like taking your car to get serviced. The shop screws something up and you blow your motor. And then they charge you to replace the motor that was damaged from them screwing up. Why in God's name should any of these families, especially if they find out after the fact that they knew who the person was the entire time, not just a John, not just a homeless John Doe on the street, but they have a name. It is someone who was killed in the streets of Jackson. It is a person who died in the jail. It is Whatever. Whatever the reason, if you can identify them, there is no excuse as to why you can't reach a family member. I got it. They might not have a cell phone on them when they get killed. But if they have a name and an address, <coughs> you can probably send someone over there to knock on the door. Ask the neighbors, hey, did you know so-and-so? We're trying to get in touch with their family. Someone might be able to point you in the right damn direction. But apparently Jackson PD doesn't give a rat's ass. Now, uh, while there are reports out there from mainstream outlets, there's really not much to be found regarding the story on their social media accounts or shows. Huh. This writer, for one, had not even heard about this story until stumbling upon it by, purely by accident on a true crime TikTok account, no less. People took the X to voice their shock and anger over this. And because I print the story out, it does not have uh, all the all the embedded tweets that Laura had put into the article. And a lot of outpouring of love and prayers for the family members who are being extended Distorted out of money to get the remains of her loved one back because Jackson Police and Hines County screwed the pooch and decided, ah, this is too hard to get to notify. Let's stick them in the back 40, they'll be fine. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tweet, or I'm going to include the link to this in the show notes. If you believe you may have a loved one in this field, 
or you saw a name that you believed is a loved one, you can contact the Hines County Coroner's Office for more information. I'm going to include that link and try to find round round, round up the link to the uh, to the NBC list of names buried in that particular plot of the cemetery behind the Hind County Jail. They call it cemetery. It's it's the field. It's they they put numbers down to indicate this is John Doe six hundred and seventeen. Ridiculous. But do want to end this show on a positive note. And it has to deal with gun laws in Illinois. Yes, that's right. Governor J.B. Pillsbury Doughboy. With the help of an incredibly left-leaning Congress, most of it representing upstate Illinois, centering around Chicago, um, well, they passed a bunch of stupid gun laws, including an assault weapons registry. Yes, you have to register your assault weapons and your uh, high-capacity magazines. Yes. <laughs> now, I have been following um, a lot of coverage on this from uh, the uh, Washington Gun Law YouTube channel, and I will see if I can't get a get a little link to him up here in the corner. And he has been talking about this for a while on his YouTube channel. Um, He is an actual lawyer from Washington State, and he is a huge, huge two-way advocate. I love his work. And so he's been having a series of videos on the great effort of the citizens of Illinois to tell Governor Doughboy to F off. All right, so in Illinois, you have to have one of these uh, firearm owner identification cards, which I think in and of itself should be unconstitutional. Why should they why should they know what my private property what private property I own and um why should I have to get one of these even if I don't ever int- if I ever think I might intend to purchase a firearm while living in the state of Illinois should I need the state's permission To buy a firearm? The answer is no. So Illinois gun groups are reporting confusion from gun owners as the state pushes them to register assault weapons under the state's new ban. January 1st marked the deadline for Illinoisans to register their assault weapons with the state before the ban signed by Democratic Governor Pillsbury Doughboy takes effect on January 10th. However, of the 2.4 million 
firearm owner identification card holders. Those would be FOIDs. Yeah, I, I, I don't come up with the acronyms. Don't blame me. There have only been 112,350 disclosures filed. That was as of December 31st. Another 29,357 disclosures were in the process of being completed. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm sure the the people who are complying with it, these are, well, I have guns. I, I don't have a problem with these new gun laws. But you get downstate and away from you know, the big urban areas, you know, Chicago, Rockford, Springfield, or the college towns, uh, Bloomington, Normal, uh, Urbana, Champaign, and you know, even somewhat around uh, Carbondale. Get away from those to where they're very, very rural counties. You have sheriffs going, <laughs> I ain't I ain't enforcing that. Do you think I want to get shot? You even have state attorneys at the county level going, yeah, no, I I I'm not gonna prosecute that. That's dumb. And just no one understands law. Even Governor Fat Ugh. Stick to Pillsbury Doughboy. Keep it PG-13. Keep it PG-13. Keep it PG-13. Even Governor Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, you have to register your automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, and uh, your magazines. Okay. Um, automatic weapons are kind of hard to register, considering they're already registered with the federal freaking government if you own one. In fact, the Illinois Highway Patrol probably already knows who has the automatic weapons because it was part of a very, very, very extensive background check slash proctology exam that you have to go through to own a freaking automatic weapon. And magazines, how do you register a magazine? Magazines aren't serialized. So... I registered my magazine. Cool. Uh, you don't have a serial number on your registration form, sir. <laughs> I don't have a. I don't have a serial number on my magazine, so they match. But it's absolutely awesome to see just the people of rural Illinois, regardless of their political stripes, going. Okay, this is dumb. I no, uh, uh-uh. uh. Even if even if it's they can't figure out. Well, do I need to register this? Even even if they have questions about it, and just instead of just caving and going and registering it anyways, just to be safe, they're just going. Mm, mm, no, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, ain't gonna do it. Read my lips. Not registering my gun. Thank you, common sense people in downstate Illinois, making Governor Pillsbury Doughboy look 
completely stupid and instituting policy that ultimately is a failure. This is where, if I had the rights to play it, the uh, the Bud Light Real Men of Genius would start playing, and I would be saluting you, Illinois gun owners. All right, so that's going to wrap up. So I'm glad for once I get to end the show on a high note. Just, ah, it makes my day. Ah, again, if you're listening to this on podcast for the first time, thank you very much for checking this out. Uh, I ask you to do four things, just four, four things real quick. Number one, please subscribe or follow on Apple iTunes. I don't know why they have to be different, but it, they are, they are subscribe. Then please rate the show. I'll accept five stars. Four stars will work, but three and below. Yeah. You might want to head over to uh, Twitter and. DM me at fake title Morgan. Please explain why three or below. Yep. I am always open to constructive criticism. I will send copies of my show to friends. I have in radio saying, Hey, how can I be better? And then I try to take that and take their opinions and just ah, make it, put them to good use and implement them in ways that will make the show better. So I will also, so I look forward to constructive criticism and critiques from you, the listener. So please feel free, explain to me why one to three stars in my DMs. Once you've rated it, please write a review. Yes, a review. That way, as more people begin to listen, as more people rate the show, the, uh, the algorithm monsters, they kick this thing out and starts bringing in some new people and they can go, oh, the Tower Murray Show. Okay, well, it's just got a decent rating. Well, what do people think about it? And, you know, say something nice. Fluff it a little. Don't get carried away. I'm not asking you to exaggerate. Just, just a little fluff. And if you absolutely hate the show or you hate me for my political stances, if you say something, <clears throat> pardon me, say something ridiculous in my reviews, believe me, I'm not going to ask it to be taken down. No, 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 no. I'm going to feature it. It's what I do. Because I like making fun of people who cannot make a coherent thought when it comes to making fun of me. Part of, part of the game. What? Lastly, once you have subscribed, rated, and reviewed, please, please, please share this episode with a friend. I will make sure that I am tagging Laura when I share this episode out with the timestamp and when I can start covering... Uh, her story here towards the end. That way, you know, she can go like, Hey, I'm reaching people and he's helping get my story out there because he's crediting me and giving my Twitter handle. And the fact that I work for twitchy.com. So yeah, sharing is good. Send, send this episode to someone who you think will love it. Send it to someone who you think will absolutely hate, hate me because ah, they're aggravated and annoyed. I live for aggravating and annoying people. Just ask my wife. On second thought, don't ask her because it will aggravate and annoy her. And then she'll be mad at me and I'll be sleeping on the couch. <sighs> Anywho's, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Tower Mortgage Show. Um, or go to relentlessdaring.com slash shop. 
and uh, buy some merch. I'm really slow at getting around to to doing merch. Maybe I need to use more Magic Mind. Hmm, possibly, maybe. Again, all everything goes. Yeah, you know, whether you're buying merch, whether it is a donation, which you can get. There's a link to that on relentlessdaring.com. Uh, Patreon, all that goes into supporting the show and helping it grow. Again, thank you, sir. Thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7